Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is sponsored by Smile and Movement. I'm Simone de Rochefort, video editor at Polygon.com, and I'm joined tonight by Christina Warren, senior writer at Gizmodo, and Alex Kranz, reviews editor at Gizmodo. We are a Gizmodo-heavy party tonight. Yeah. And it is a party because we're having a good time, having a good time. Okay, I don't know what's (laughs) wrong with me right now. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. I have it in my head. Thanks. Oh, my God. Can I tell you guys something? Actually, something really horrible happened today when I was recording SEO play. I learned that my entire life, I've never been able, I've never correctly pronounced the word sixth. 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 Okay. Yes, that's correct. I've been saying it sixths my entire life with an extra S. It's not... Not six with just the, the S sound. I do six and then I do the th and then I add an extra S. But I sp- say it so fast that no one hears the TH and apparently so, it just sounds like I'm saying six. I didn't know this until I was recording today and I had to say December 6th. Uh, God, what? I know you almost cursed on the podcast. Jim is going to be mad at I you. I almost did, but I, I pulled it back at the last second yeah, for you, Jim. Thanks, Jim. Sixth. 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 So so, so say the sixth sense. Sixth sense. All right, there you got it. Okay, but that's just because it has an S after it. No, there's sixth singular sense. Yeah, but the fact is that if I were just saying it on its own, I would say sixths. So saying sixth sense makes it blend together. So it disguises my flaw, Christina. It disguises so, so, so my you've fatal just been flaw. Cheating all this time. All and this only time. Only talking about six cents. Six cents. <laughs> exactly. That's the only context you ever use the word six. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've forgotten what days are. You just you just go with that movie. You just really you're you're passionate about it. It's fine. Oh God, that's what I should have done to disguise it on the show. <laughs> Dead Rising Four comes out on December sixth. Cents. <laughs> Nobody would have ever known. Susanna made a really good joke that I I don't have a sixth sense because I can't say the word sixth. What's 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 the what's the prefix? It's it's exa, right? For six. What does that mean? Like exa exa. Like that's that's the prefix, right? Because it's like like uh you know like um a you know duo tri quad uh quint. Oh, oh, yeah. uh, Set, uh, cetera, or whatever, octo. Isn't it? No, I guess septa is. Septa is seven. seven. So it's X, yeah, it's it's X. Like an X core processor on a phone is a six core processor. Way to tie it back into tech. Because (laughs) you're a processor. Like only only people (laughs) who are obsessed processors would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Exa. No, I mean, that's, I genuinely, I was thinking, I was like, what is it for six? I was like, I know like one, two, three, four, five. I know septa. I know octo. Cause like, that's easy. But like the only reason I was like, what is six? And I was like, oh, I think it's exa because you know, when you have a uh, crappy smartphones and they try to tell you how good they are, they're like, we've got an exa core processor. And I'm like, yeah, but that's a bad processor. <laughs> but it's not an octo. It's not. A, oh my God. That's a really bad processor. Like anybody who in 2016 is like, we've got an octa-core processor and you're like, hmm, quad's fine. Apple's actually proven to us that like dual is still fine. Like I know that they now have like the lower core, you know, the work in the background thing or whatever. But like, yeah, octo someday. Someday I can't, we'll need octa-core 
smartphones when we have nuclear batteries. I can't believe how well you turned that around into a tech topic. And I, in <laughs> honor of you being so on top of things, I will introduce our first topic of the night. I don't know why I'm a circus announcer tonight. All right. So uh, New York Times published a story today uh, f- about Facebook potentially creating – or. People inside Facebook say that Facebook is creating tools that have not been published or sold in any way, but tools to censor the content that goes on Facebook. Uh, And the purpose of those tools would then be so that Facebook could be launched in China uh, without Facebook coming into conflict with the Chinese government. And this is such a a timely topic, I think, considering what we were talking about last week, where we were um, bemoaning the fact that certain uncredible news organizations are allowed on Facebook and that's really frustrating. Okay. Uh, let's, well, okay, let's back up. They are not news organizations. You're right. Okay, yeah, sorry. Me and my diplomacy. False. No, because no, false... that makes it sound like we're just talking about like Breitbart, which we're not. Yeah, like, yeah. We're, we're talking about like literally made up junk. Made places. up crap, anyway, sorry, fake don't... news, fake quote unquote news, lie lie stories, the lie story websites, the, the websites that make the lie stories are a lot on Facebook, you know, have pages and stuff. I feel like this is kind of the other side of the coin where it's a situation where another a third party or a government could have control to say, yes, you and you and you organization can be on Facebook but it's um, not transparent to the user, and it, it, it's it's the right. Yeah. Only this content is allowed. Yeah, no, it's it, you're you're dead on. I, I even had somebody like say when I shared the story, and I was sort of horrified by this. They were like, "I really hope they do that here, so they can get rid of some of the stuff I don't want to see." And I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> ooh." I, I mean, I, I, well, because I, I even I even said it last week. I was like, "I, I think you know, I, I don't want it to be like you can't." post anything i feel like there should be a happy medium between allowing fake news publishers to publish and make money through facebook Mm -hmm. versus disallowing anyone to share a link if they want to but should they be allowed like should they i mean isn't that just kind of a con devil's advocate alex kranz coming in hot (laughs) are they just digital con artists like I mean, I mean, I guess I'm thinking of like my uncle with like 30 friends on Facebook. Not that I have an uncle with only 30 friends. Come on, uh, no, that's just my dad. <laughs> yeah, like if an old person, <laughs> yeah, someone like that, if they want to share a cr- crap link on Facebook, like I would like it if Facebook denoted an organization that isn't credible or is false. Um, I don't know about like completely saying like when i paste the link into the box it being like uh, i don't know you sh- you can't post from that website simone yeah. what are you trying to do like, or like it probably wouldn't be that it'd be more like i would post it and it would disappear into a black hole and no one well, would ever see it yeah i would more i would more feel like you can post it and if somebody comes to your feed they see it and they might see it depending on the news algorithm that pop up but it's not going to be like the more people that share it, the stronger it gets. If it's from a false source, it's not going to show up in the trending bar like as a source. Like if they say, oh, you know, this is happening and then, you, you know, you click on the trending thing and then you see this this falseness. It's not going to be promoted. I think that, I don't know, I feel like there's a balance that you could do. But, yeah. but, but I mean. just do like that, that, that thing that they have to have the ability to just be like, anytime you're about to share a link, be like, hey, this is, this is not a good link. These people are known to be fraudulent and make stuff up. Yeah. Are you sure you want to share this? Totally. And the people are like, oh my. It just comes up with a Snopes pop-up. It's just like, oh, yeah. Oh, 
Like, don't you think, I think that a lot of people who share that stuff, I mean, part of it, I think is, comp- and we talked about this a little bit last week, but I think part of it is kind of like confirmation bias. Like they, they share it because they want it to be true mm-hmm. as much and as it is. And if you that say it's not true. true, you're part of a conspiracy. But in, in regards to how this would work um, on potential Chinese Facebook, would it be that sort of um, link suppressing thing? Do you think? Or, I, yes. I read the article, but so it'd be link suppressing, not like outright. Yeah, outright link suppression. Like, exactly. They like can you just kill a whole site. You can't see anything from that site. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah it would be, I think it'd be for the site, and it would also be content based. So there might be certain things from certain media that you could post and certain things that you couldn't. Because a lot of times in China, how the censorship stuff works is it's not even so much, it's a lot more granular than just saying we don't want this news source because it's Western propaganda or whatever. It's we don't want anything that's critical of the government. Mm-hmm. We don't want anything that's critical of communism. We don't want anything that is portraying our narrative in a bad light. So if you had a story that was from even a legitimate news organization in China that they didn't deem as appropriate or a, a, another media source that maybe they didn't block, but they didn't agree with, they could block, they, they, they like, there would be people that would be kind of looking at those links and say, nope, this story is actually not appropriate and it's not allowed on the, it's, it's not going to be visible on the site. And from what I could read, you know, the New York times thing. And, and as you said, this isn't something that they've, you know, put into effect. This is, this is code that has been written, but is dormant, but you know, they're apparently, you know, looking at possibility. This would be a possibility if they were to enter, enter China, this certainly isn't a decided upon thing um, would be, you know, I just lost my train of thought. Um, well, it'd probably be I mean, a condition of, required, of, right? of entering China, not oh, a, yeah, well, yeah. yes, it'd definitely be a condition of, of entering China. But I mean, but I think that, um, you know, this, this would be the sort of thing where they would almost be having like, like, like a team and algorithm of people. Like it would be so much that, you know, you, like I said, like you could post it, but it wouldn't ever be visible on anybody else's feed or even on your own. Like it would eventually disappear. It would just kind of like go into a black hole. Yeah. I mean, it seems to me that the bigger fear isn't that they get it, they 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 use it, and they're allowed into China. Then they use it in China and and continue China's policy of of killing stories and things they don't want. It seems like the bigger threat is they've built this, so now if they wanted to, they could turn it on here in the United States, right? Like that's that's the scarier right. part. That was but my doomsday scenario that I immediately went to. Was like, I mean, there. Obviously, the, I won't speak to what the Chinese government does. I don't live in that country. I don't really have firsthand experience with it. But immediately I went to like the conflicts that we've seen between our own government and press outlets and thinking, oh, my God, that's actually not that far from where we are right now, relatively speaking. And that's scary. Well, yeah, I mean, like you could just kill the no dapple ha- hashtag, you know, like, boom, it's done. Mm-hmm. No, Nobody knows what it is anymore. And and like that's that's terrifying but i guess that's also that seems like something that that almost like it's kind of a surprise that they didn't already have this built right yeah yeah i mean totally because when i was thinking when i was looking at this story i was like well of course they would do this because if you're going to enter china which they desperately want to do and and they need to enter china for a number of reasons i mean they've kind of grown to every part of the world where you can grow except for china like they have 1.6 billion users which is incredible but you're talking about how many people does china have like eighty billion. billion, yeah. Like, it, yeah. It's like it's like it's close to two billion people, right? <laughs> I didn't say eighty million. That's not a number. I don't think it's two billion. I lied. That's, God, I, I don't know close, numbers. It? Uh, China <laughs> population. I'm googling right now, which is making for great podcasts. 
it's uh, 1.37 billion. 1.357 billion. I'm sorry. I completely just forgot what numbers were. Don't nobody listen to me. So, so, so China has, uh, you know, almost as, as many people as Facebook has users. So, you know, India is obviously a really important place for them too. And there was another story, uh, last week, or actually I think it was earlier this week that NPR did, which was fantastic where they actually looked at, um, the stuff that Facebook will allow on Facebook and stuff that they won't like in terms of photos and in terms of, of, of hate speech and content and found that there are different norms in different countries. So for instance, you know, um, in India, when they've hired people to go through and like, like go through flagged content, like, is this acceptable or is this not a lot of the content that would be like banned and, and flagged by people would be stuff that would be completely innocuous in the United States. Like, like people kissing would not be allowed, like would be deleted. Uh, because that goes against their social norms. Whereas, you know, maybe uh, speech calling someone like a, a slur or a certain name might be allowed because that's more acceptable or something. And and so the, the NPR piece was talking about how Facebook didn't anticipate that when they were rolling out into India. And so you have to do, you have to think that they have to have these different policies or at least have different considerations for the different social norms and the different legal you know, uh, speech norms that, that are available. But I think it's still a really scary precedent. Project illustrates the extent to which Facebook may be willing to compromise one of its core mission statements to make the world more open and connected to gain access to a market of 1.4 billion Chinese people. Uh, because, you know, the, you know, on the one hand, it would make sense that they would do whatever was legally necessary to get into the country. On the other hand, by doing that, A, you're potentially opening this up to be done in the United States, which I think we would all agree would be going too far against, right. you know, this is I not mean, how you any, the- any country, not just the U.S. Like there's, there's tons of other countries that oh, well, there, would love to have this. They would love it. They would love it. And in fact, it's interesting, you know, like the EU has really strict, you know, laws about certain things. I wonder how they deal with certain EU speech things. Uh, you know, like Google has the, the right to be forgotten or the, the EU's right to be forgotten that targets Google. And Google has, for the most part, kind of fought back and it fought back and kind of said, well, if you want access to our stuff, um, we're not going to scrub. We'll, we'll scrub some of these results, but we're not going to scrub it from the entire database. And and we're not, you know, they've, they've really kind of rallied against some of the speech provisions that, that other countries have put on them. But you can see a place that's maybe not part of the European Union, you know, um, or places that aren't part of the European Union yet, like like Turkey and, and parts of the Middle East and other countries that are more, you know, like a, a totalitarian, where they could really start to enforce what sort of speech could be said on the platform. And once you do that, I think that puts Facebook in a really bad position because then you basically kind of become one step away from being like direct propaganda of a state. Yeah. Well, yeah. well if necessarily di- direct propaganda, because like, you know, every every na- nation and, and the culture in those nations engages with Facebook differently, right? Like not everybody uses it to the extent that Americans use it. You know, we're sure. on it hours every day and some people just use it to be like oh i want to connect with my american friends and stuff no totally. so like I, for me it, the bigger concern is that and again i'm, I'm very american centric would that be u.s centric um <laughs> is that like this is a big problem because facebook is one of the big talkers for net neutrality and they're one of the big people that that talk up protecting the internet and if they go and they build this tool and they're willing to like not protect the internet in places where it's under a huge threat, like in China, like, okay, so, so what's going to stop? Like, it's very easy for them to not be able to protect it here in the United States too. Right. Like, 
they, yeah. they, they kind of lose a leg to stand on as far as like these big proponents of free speech. Oh, without a doubt they do. And and it also, I mean, frankly, makes them look bad compared to other countries. I mean, like, you know, Google is, is, is a prime example. Google has been really, really, I mean, I'm not sure how much longer this will last, but they've been really forthright in not being in China. And this is despite the fact that Android's popularity in the world is almost entirely based on China. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> genuinely. Um, but yeah, Google itself doesn't have an official presence there. Uh, they are looking at officially having a Google Play store. I think they might even already in China, but that's a different scenario. That's, I think, really has become more about like stopping malware and trying to control their ecosystem a little bit more rather than entering them in an official capacity because Google search doesn't exist there. And Eric Schmidt, uh, one of the few times I'll ever say anything nice about it, Eric Schmidt, like he made the decision um, more than a decade ago that they were not going to be pursuing China because they weren't going to be altering their search results or mm. kowtowing to their their speech conditions. And they just said, okay, well, we're just not going to be in China. Um, and, and you see, you know, companies like Twitter, um, Twitter's not in China either. It won't be in for the same reasons. And and Twitter for everything we say about their their harassment tools and how, you know, poorly <laughs> they do with that. Again, it's kind of a, a similar edge of the sword. It's like part of their rationale, I think, has always been why it's been hard for them to do that is because they were always wanted to be about speech period. Um, and, and whether it's good or bad, they wanted to be about free speech. And, and I think that they've been trying to balance the fact that literally people in war zones and in terrible situations have used their tool as a plot, have used their platform as a place to get word out, um, where they wouldn't be able to otherwise, you know, they've, they've used, you know, VPNs and, and, and tour and all sorts of things to get their message out because they know they, they can, they can share the truth that way versus censoring what can be said. And I think that, you know, Facebook doesn't have that same reputation, but I think it, it's a it's a scary precedent if you consider them like making these sorts of concessions. They're making these sorts of concessions to the Chinese government. I guess what it makes me think is what concessions are they already making to the U.S. government, and yeah. what are they doing when an administration, as you said, Alex, isn't going to be as as amenable to things like net neutrality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it just makes <laughs> so, me- so basically they should continue their their Chinese their sanctions against China. Right. Like if we think of them almost as their own government, they've had this huge sanctions against China. They're not going to do business with them. And maybe they should just continue that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just, I know, it's hard. It, it makes me so uncomfortable. I, I It is so rare that you see a company like in the this case of Google really taking a big hit financially, like a China big hit <laughs> and and Facebook up till now, you know. It's it is very a rare and delightful thing, but it makes me scared that that tool even exists in the first place. Yeah, the fact that it's even been coded. I mean, the the, the New York Times article mentions that people have actually quit the company because of it because they felt uncomfortable that it even existed. You know, and who knows how many of those people there are. But that's There's you two. know, <laughs> right? I mean, maybe maybe it's two, but maybe, maybe it's more than that. But I mean, but like even even if it's two, even if it's one, the fact that people are willing to go, you know, to talk to a reporter on background and say, I left my cushy job at Facebook where I'm sure I was making a lot of money because I was uncomfortable with this stuff. You don't see that all the time. And I mean, I think the last time we kind of saw stuff like this was when a bunch of security people quit Yahoo. And then it turned out months later that Yahoo was like working (laughs) with the NSA. Oh, God. To give information. (laughs) Oh, man. And you know what I mean? So like, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's 
Facebook's very bad month continues. I feel like this, it, the entire world right now is just designed to make me feel as pessimistic as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Facebook. But it's all Facebook's fault. There's some good news. There's a, a happy side, a third side to the coin, and that side is happy, and it is called Smile. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by PDF Pen Pro 8 from Smile. It is the giant Swiss army knife for PDFs. I was going to say it was China big, but I guess it's Switzerland big. Imagine a Swiss army knife, if you will, with so many tools that it would need a separate carrying case. That is PDF Pen Pro. But it's also way more convenient than like that giant Swiss army knife metaphor because you can have it, you know, like on on your your devices that you use every day so in that way you leave the giant literal swiss army knife at home in a closet possibly its own closet like a human-sized closet but you take pdf pen pro with you wherever you go pdf pen pro can add signatures edit text and images perform ocr on scanned documents and export in microsoft word format all the dev- all the things that you need your PDF interaction software to do. It can create an interactive PDF form, build a table of contents, set document permissions, and convert websites to multi-page PDFs. And you can now even create portfolio documents to combine related files into a single PDF. And it can attach files to your PDF, so you can have all kinds of cool things floating around. All the all the reference materials you need for your PDF. Right there, right there with it with PDF Pen Pro 8. I recently had the experience of signing a document, a PDF, unfortunately not with this program. And it was, it was a suffering because it was my, it was my lease for my rent and they didn't have it. But, um, so I had to use their program. But yes, imagine if you will, just the smoothest, simplest way of interacting with a PDF, taking out all the pain and suffering that you may associate with PDFs from having before before we had these great options to sign them and add things to them and even create new PDFs, just edit them in any way. Before we had that, we lived in a dark time. It was a terrible, terrible world where everything was miserable and sad all the time. But then Smile came along with PDF Pen Pro 8 and they saved lives, saved my life. They can save your life too. You can get 20% off new PDF Pen Pro 8 purchases in November, the month of November, which is so close to being over. So I really hope you listen to this episode on the day it comes out on Thursday because November's almost over. You can get that 20% off by visiting smilesoftware.com slash rocket. If you have not checked out PDF Pen Pro, now is the time. Thank you so much to Smile for your support of Rocket and Relay FM. Thank you, Smile. Woo! Losing my voice. What's happening to me? <laughs> <sighs> Facebook is taking my voice away. <laughs> they censored it. Oh no! <laughs> They're the Ursula to my uh, Ariel. Ariel, her name. thanks. There we go. La, 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 so, la, la, do either of you have snap spectacles? <sighs> no. Where I'm is wondering. the machine? Oh, it's next to the Apple Store on uh, it, Fifth Avenue. Is it still next to the Apple Store? Yeah, it's there. So, and like, still, it's, so right now, there's a pop-up store. So. For background for uh, uh, listeners, uh, s- spectacles are the stupid um, Snapchat glasses. We How sunglasses. Dare don't, you. don't say they're stupid. I've heard you talk about them. I, I want them, but <laughs> I've I'm heard you're in stupid. I I want them, but they're stupid. You're they're crying stupid. right now, aren't you, Christina? You're like I, I, I don't have them. They're stupid. Stupid. Nobody <laughs> likes so them. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're dumb as hell, and I want them. Um, I feel I hate myself for wanting them. No, so they are doing this. Sounds like your marriage kind of, vows to me. 
uh, they're they're kind of doing this genius um, marketing thing where they are having vending machines where you can buy them. They're one hundred and thirty dollars, and these are of course the the lame looking sunglasses. I, I still want them, even though I'm really really underselling they're so them. Lame. They're I so think they're lame, cool. But I, want them I, so I stand by my statement that I, I actually know, I kind of them. like the way they look, even more so now that I saw them um, in Sean O'Kane's video review. Yeah, Saba Hamadi at a Mashable got them like two weeks ago when they came to LA like there was a so what they're doing is basically they have these like random places um so far it's been on the west coast and now they have a pop-up store in so they, New York. they had one in Oklahoma for a while I think too right really yeah they like All just places. randomly stopped in Oklahoma so they went from like Venice to like another part of LA to Oklahoma to New York I, yeah. I dig it I dig it yeah. I mean they were literally driving across I bet they had I bet they are driving it they're just like yeah. Probably with a bicycle. I'm imagining like yes. one of those big wheel bicycles from the oh, 1800s. Yeah. I think that that's oh, yeah. how they're transporting the snap spectacles. I, I think this. So it's a vending machine basically. And, and the vending machine has like balloons on top of it. And it kind of looks like a minion from like the minions movies. And then you like go up and you like, it's like yellow, like snapshot yellow. And you go up to it and you, you know, pay $130 and you get, you know, your pair of, of sunglasses from the vending machine. But anyway, uh, this week, um, so what's interesting about what their outreach has been is that they have not, like, officially allowed press people to have them, which means that people, like, at tech publications, um, like like The Verge, and ostensibly, like, Gizmodo, although we haven't waited in line and we're not going to pay more money. We're, we're I not- refuse. Reviews editor, I refuse. <laughs> I mean, I'll wait in line. I've waited in line for a lot of stuff. I'll totally wait in line. I will not pay five hundred dollars um, or six hundred dollars, like like Wired did. Like David Pierce paid six hundred dollars for his spectacles. I'm not doing that. That's stupid. Hey. Oh, he bought them from. He didn't wait in line. He he bought them from somebody who waited in line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Wired I'm paid six hundred dollars to get him a pair. Respect, respect to that person. Also, don't they have interns? Couldn't they have just gotten like? Well, well, because that was in Los Angeles, and I have to assume that they couldn't find anyone else at the entire Condé Nast Corporation who lived in in the city (laughs) of Los Angeles who could go and wait in line for them. And and, and I I guess they also don't know about things like TaskRabbit. I don't know. I don't work for Wired. Why are you asking? Five dollar task rabbit. Um, but oh, God, never mind. I'm going to do that. Yeah, I, actually, I was I'm thinking that. No, you have principles, Alex. I don't, don't get right. the snap spectacles. I, I don't. Okay. I can't even wear them because they don't. They don't work with glasses, right? No, they don't. They don't. So I just look. I wouldn't just look stupid because I'm wearing spectacles, which are in the of themselves stupid. Get contact lenses is, is 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 the lesson. Like me, get contact lenses. I can't. My my eyes are too dry. So like. I would have to wear them over it. Actually, do t- like hydro, whatever. Come on. Uh, no, I've gotten too used to them. I have like I have regular sunglasses. I have cool prescription sunglasses. That's that's enough for me. Christina's okay, motto: always be eye dropping. Totally. Well, <laughs> yes. Real talk. Although, um, uh, fun fact: if and 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 Raymond Wong will never listen to this podcast, but I wish that he would. Um, he can attest the time that like I like had a really dry eye and had to use saliva. Oh so. no! <laughs> oh yeah, that's how you get pink. Eye. Well, no, wait, no, that's not, not how you get pink eye. That's not how you get pink. <laughs> that's eye. how you get ants. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, so, so there's, yeah, there's, a pop-up, but there's a pop-up store in New York right next to the Apple Store in Fifth Avenue. And it's open until December 31st. And I think it's open from like 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. or something on weekdays. And then like 6 a.m. to 12 p.m. on weekends. I don't know. I, this, some, this Monday it was open at like, because I know somebody who, who went and yeah, waited I, in line. I do too. Um, and he was sending selfies and stuff from it. And I was like, no, stop. <laughs> yeah, I, I think or, or, or we were talking about the same person. 
Oh yeah, we are. We are. We are. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, I saw his too. And I was like, oh yeah, don't, don't do that. I mean, I would live tweet from the line. I won't lie. Cause I've done that from the Apple line and stuff. Um, I was actually supposed to go Sophie, uh, who we work with at Gizmodo, she was going to wait in line and I was like going to give her money, like my credit card. Order. I was like, yeah, go buy spectacles for me. She was going to buy like a pair, you know, for like work on works dollar and then like buy a pair for me just cause I want them. Um, but she uh, had to go out of town. So if oh. she wants to wait in line someday next week, I will, I will give her money. Um, do you, do you, are there, is there more than one color? I've only seen the black yeah. ones. Are yeah. There there's like- three colors. So it's like, there's like a, a reddish color, like a pinkish okay. then like green color, but these are all like bright, like, you know, like, like there's no way to Ooh, wear these black color and not look like you need to get a wedgie. I mean, no. I agree completely. No. I don't know. I no. like hair looks hot on them, but I mean, she looks pretty and everything. Yeah, but, but I mean, pretty people are going to like look good in them anyway because it, like the big floppy hats that only pretty people can pull off, like no, they're, they're going to be fine. But like for most people, you're going to look like a jackass. I and then there's also the fact you. that you can record <laughs> anything you're looking at. Like it's just like a slightly more attractive Google Glass as far as I'm concerned. Uh, well, I think I, that's okay. a fair assessment. I think that's fair. I, I would actually say I think they're significantly more attractive than Google Glass, but that's just like Google light Glass years. That. Whatever. Just, Google Glass was cool looking. Oh, oh, the, future. oh. the future. Uh, <laughs> uh, women with that one either. All I'm going to say to you guys is womenwithglass.tumblr.com. Uh, it's a, a website that I created um, after people like created like a thing like menwearingglass.com or something. And so then I created my own like version. And then ABC wrote a story about it. And then Bloomberg did a segment on it. And because of that, every time Bloomberg talks about Google Glass, which includes sometimes mentioning these these snap spectacles, they have B-roll footage of my Tumblr that I made. Oh, no. Four years ago. Hey, three I years see ago. you on it. You're right there. All right. I'm putting yeah. this in the show notes. Three so- years ago. Here's the best part, though. So if you're watching Bloomberg television and they're talking about anything related to Google Glass, you'll see my face. You'll see Sarah Jessica Parker. You'll see like my former coworkers. You'll see all of our faces. Sam Murphy. Because they've done like they've done like a whole like they do like a pan of the website because apparently they talked about a website that I made as a joke on Twitter. Like became a news segment, <laughs> which is now B-roll footage now and forever on on Bloomberg. That's incredible. So back to the more perhaps meaty bits of the topic at hand, the snap spectacles, which I'm really yes. glad they didn't call snapticles. Like that's a dodge bullet right there. So do we call them snap holes? Like what do we call? Ooh, like oh, glass, okay. holes? glass holes, glass holes. Oh, I think snap hole is good. I like Snapple. Yeah. I like Snapple. Right. It almost sounds like, like Snapple. Ooh, I'm yeah, thirsty. It makes me thirsty. Um, in so many ways. Okay. So, <laughs> did you read I've... reviews about these products beyond yes. the uh, physical attributes of that or the, the way they look? I listened to Christina tell me about the reviews she read. <laughs> because you can't look upon them because I your eyes will burn from your face. With with the Snapples. That's the fair. Snapples. I can't even remember what they're called. <laughs> uh, fun fact, fun fact, you guys. Snaphole.com does exist. And if you oh. go to it, it says, Snaphole, a person who snaps a photo or video without the consent or knowledge of the person being photographed or videotaped. Which works. Which totally works. That's incredible. So, it sounds like they actually, the functionality of them uh, is pretty cool. So you can take 10 to 30 seconds of video. It's 60 FPS. 
Uh, it's not like the best quality I've ever seen, but certainly like in in still shots, like the colors look okay and it, yeah. it looks pretty cool. And it's and, round video. Yeah, it's round video. This is this is kind of a an interesting bit this. that is a downside for me. Um, because what Sean O'Kane's points in his a review that he did for The Verge, his point that the fact that it's at eye level and you're getting these shots without um, needing to think about where you're holding the camera, what you're doing with your hands, things like that, that is great. And even boring stuff feels like, oh, I'm looking at my memory. But uh, it takes round video. And so when you if you save it and export it from Snapchat, it saves with this white border around it. So you would either need to crop it down or just publish it as is if you wanted to repost it to a different platform that isn't Snapchat, which, you know, so I, I don't know. It, that's... But I like that, but I like that it's, it, it, I like why why it's round because that way you can literally turn it from landscape or portrait and see the, the same frame. Okay, that's way. actually, I, yeah, a good point. Like, so, so if you go to spectacles.com, you can actually see that in action. And I think that's actually really cool because if you're Snap. But is it cool? Yes. <laughs> I, I just, I mean, couldn't you your, just put some paper around the lens on your camera and get the same effect? No, because the idea is that, is that this is the, okay, look, this is obviously an accessory <laughs> for Snapchat. I mean, I get what you're saying and I hate myself for wanting these things because I don't even like Snapchat, but I do want these things and they're, and, and well, I want everything. Um, I'm just a <laughs> consumer whore, but like, I really just like to spend money on stuff, but, um, I think that, you know, if you live in the app and a lot of people do, like a, a lot of people spend so much time in that app, you know, you're, you get used to like whole organ, whole news organizations build whole rigs around creating vertical video. Like when I was at Mashable and we were on Snapchat Discover, we would have entire rigs where we would shoot things for vertical video. And some of those cases, it started out early on, we would actually alter the cameras and shoot vertically and then it got to the point that they were like smarter. They're like, actually, let's shoot full frame, but then crop it the way that we want to. But literally, you had entire workflows set up to record vertical video because everybody was was viewing it in you know um, portrait mode. But I think the idea where you know you can you know that people you're not you know but like you're you're Snapchat, so you, or Snap, you want everybody to be viewing this inside your app. So creating this format, which is not going to look good other places, A, means that if anybody wants to republish elsewhere, everybody immediately knows it was naked in Snapchat. And B, means that your experience, whether you're watching it landscape or portrait in the app, is going to be full frame regardless. I didn't even think about it from the branding aspect, and that is actually pretty cool. No, it's like like it's it's the smartest branding. It's it's such genius branding. But – uh, I guess all it really is is enforcing the current brand. Like it's it's not bringing new people in. Oh, it's no. not encouraging people. It's just like this thing specifically for the Snapchatters already, who I think is like my nephew, who's six, and and Christina, right? <laughs> I mean, and then a bunch, I, of, I, I, a bunch of teenagers in between. Well, yeah. Oh, and Simone, Simone snaps. Now you know Simone. <laughs> <laughs> I am that teen, that fake teen. I, I haven't used them yet myself, but uh, Sean O'Kane, again, bring, brought up an interesting point uh, that it creates, it, it kind of disrupts the usual Snapchat workflow in that you have to, uh, the the video sync from the glasses to the app via Bluetooth, um, but then you have to go into the memory section of the app and, uh, you know, do whatever editing you want, add whatever stuff you want to it, and then publish it which adds this extra step. And you can just leave them there, obviously. Like he was saying, he took like 83 videos in a day when he was uh, shooting the review um, and didn't get to them until... And it took forever to sync them all. So I 
I don't know. I, I almost wonder if there is a place because interaction with the usual Snapchat workflow is not a part really of taking these videos and then getting them on your phone. I wonder if non-Snapchat users could um, get into that. I don't think they care. Fair. As a non-Snapchat user, no. I mean, yeah, I think, I think, I think, A, Alex is right. Most people aren't going to take the time to learn, but I don't think they care. I mean, look, let's look at the way they're marketing this. And I want to be very clear. They're not marketing this at me. Uh, They would much prefer that, that, A, Snapchat as a company really doesn't like me. Uh, B, uh, which is fine. Why not? Um, um, Because I have been really mean about their bad security practices. Oh, fair. Which are fair and I stand behind. So they really don't like me, which is fine. Um, I stand by it, but, um, they, um, whatchamacallit, but like they, I think this is, this is makes a great point, point to your point, Kranz, like they want to be the young hip thing. They don't really care about expanding their reach, um, to broader audiences. And I think that this is probably why I think long-term, I think this is why, uh, Instagram wins Mm. because Instagram already has buy-in from a lot of different demographics. And is continuing to get bigger with with different people, whereas Snapchat is very content to just be like the younger millennial or you know whatever the the age demographic after. I feel like is. Snapchat is going to go the way of MySpace, right? Like, Ooh. I mean, I mean, I don't know. You know, it's a super popular, especially for this this one age group. It's super super popular, and then it tries to branch out because like. Oh my God, that age group gets older. And also that's like the most fickle of age groups. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And so that. like, it's, it's trying to get older. It's trying to do these cool new things. And this is just like when MySpace started really going hard with, with music stuff. Right. Yeah. And eventually it's just going to be like the people who bought these glasses because they spent $130 that they're never going to get back. And like, yeah. I mean, I, I hear you. I don't know if it's going to be like MySpace. I mean, I think MySpace, what happened was that there was real competition with Facebook. And yeah. and, fa- and and I think that the Facebook started out, it's actually kind of the inverse. There was an exclusivity where you had to be in college. And then Facebook opened up to everyone. And that's when they really started to take Mindshare from MySpace. Plus, they MySpace was, was ugly and <laughs> was kind of low rent. My and- MySpace still looks good. Um, mine, mine, you know, I didn't ever do any of the decorations, you know, theme stuff, but, you know, but but basically like MySpace was like a hodgepodge of of GeoCities terribleness, you know, people having their themes and like blinking stuff and sign my wall and my guest book or whatever, like it was bad. And, you know, and I, and there was also sort of a, you know, there were like a lot of the types of people that were on MySpace versus the types of people that were on Facebook, there was almost like a difference. Like you used to have friends who'd be like, oh, you know, your friends who didn't go to college, you know, they're the ones who are on MySpace. Your friends who like went to college are on Facebook. Completely. (laughs) But, but. I embraced it. I loved it. But, but, but the thing is, is that that ended up kind of, I mean, there was a time everybody was on MySpace, but I think that ended up that classism, which is real and I'm not advocating, but it is what it is. Like, ended up kind of marring the service. You know, I, you would think about it. Well, this is, this is where that, that kid from Baywatch, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> Jeremy something or another, like, this is where he would like find like girls to sleep with and talk about his steroids. Like that was that sort of place. Or top party. Yes. Or Dane cook. Like the, you know, like this was where you would find all that sort of stuff. And, and, and Facebook was a little bit better. So there was like, um, there was competition, which ironically was started out, as, as being more coveted because you've had to have an EDU email address to sign up. Whereas it's almost the inverse now where like, 
you know, Snapchat is more exclusive in the fact that they make the UI hard to use and that they really aggressively target the younger demographic. And Instagram is really like, hey, we're here for everyone. Um, so I don't know how, like... Yeah, but Instagram feels, like, classy. Is that yeah. wrong? No, you're not. And you know, again, like, again, like okay. when I turn on Instagram, yes, I understand it because I'm old and Snapchat confuses me, <laughs> even though I've been using Snapchat for, like, like... I was, you know, I started using it immediately. And then I, then one day somebody was like, oh, yeah, now you do stories. I was like, what the heck, what the heck is a story? Like, I don't, I didn't understand it. But, like, They're advancing. <laughs> They're getting smarter. Then, like, oh, my God. My nephew is showing me how to do faces and stuff. I was like, do you, do you make stories? Do you talk to people on Snapchat? And he's like, you can talk to people on Snapchat? He just uses it to make faces. Um, <laughs> that's the best use of it to be frank yeah totally yeah once i finally i still every once in a while i I remember how to get to the faces stuff i'm like oh this is fun and then i immediately forget it all because snapchat is so like terrible in that way but i think that's such a that's a big problem for them like i mean i guess for their business it is but i think that that's how they get after that like coveted like 13 to you know like 24 whatever demographic they're going after is is by Right, but like, I mean, Facebook had the youth demographic, right? But the, but and but they they had that that classiness to them that Snapchat just doesn't have, and I don't see how it's going to compete long term with Instagram just because it made some really ugly glasses that like, you know, it's a slap bracelet for the twenty sixteen. Oh, totally! Oh my but gosh! Oh my you're god! Not the not. shots keep coming. <laughs> well, you're right. It is, but the thing is, it's one hundred thirty dollars. Like, I think that it is it's. It's a very expensive. I mean, inflation. I don't. I don't think it's expensive. I think that for a lot of people, spending one hundred thirty dollars for cameras for your eyes. I mean, when you consider the Google Glass looked worse, did less in a lot of ways. Like it's 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 photography ability certainly. I mean, it could do other things like the augmented reality stuff, but like it's it's video recording stuff and wasn't great, and it and its photo stuff was was pretty abysmal. That was fifteen hundred dollars, and that was talk about like you had to like apply to be an explorer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I think that this is a toy, and the fact that people like they're selling it in vending machines. I mean, I'm not saying one hundred thirty dollars is cheap, but I am saying I think for the people they're going after, or for people who are indiscriminate about what they waste their money on, aka me, like. I've definitely wasted $130 on dumber things. It's interesting because we're talking about Snapchat being like the the less classy version of Instagram. But these are like at this point an Uber exclusive, not cheap yes. relatively. Cheap, yeah, for new tech that it sure. doesn't exist. I mean, it's cheap for new tech, but not cheap for their target audience, right? Like, True, well, which is what's interesting is about teenagers. it. Like, te- the, what are they I think your on, average team won't be able sneakers. to get their parents to go to New York City or Santa Monica or Oklahoma <laughs> to <Yeah>. buy snap <laughs> spectacles for them. I don't know what we'll see when they if they do a broader release, but they're very right. at, at this point. I think targeting probably your age group, our age group, the wealthy uh, no, th- tech interested people who want to have fun toys. They're targeting the influencers, right? They're targeting influencers. They're targeting YouTube. They're targeting like the people who are influencers on Snapchat. They're talking that they're making it aspirational right now, which it's actually, I think, smart because it's $130. So it's aspirational without being out of the range of pricey. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's $130, yeah. which means that the kids are going to be watching stories that, that they're that celebrities people do with them. And you're going to be like, oh, this is really cool. Um, I want these. But it's not going to be something that's out of the realm of possibility. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's not. Yeah. I mean, this is like a. Do you remember the talk boy, Alex? 
Oh my, I wanted one so, and I, I still had want one. one. I had one, I had one. Oh and my I God, I'm so jealous. Right? But like, this reminds me of the talk boy. Like, this is the sort of thing where you see it and you're like, this is such a cool thing, I want it. And yeah. then, you know, time passes. And in my case, it was like a year, like, like the, 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 <laughs> the, 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 the actual version came out that was like the movie, you know, and, and I got it for my birthday. And really, it was just a tape recorder, an overpriced tape recorder that that had multiple speeds. That's all it was. Right. Um, and in fact, I had a little micro mini uh, tape recorder that would do many of the same things that was better. But the Talkboy was the Talkboy. And it branding. looked like... Well, I mean, it did full-size cassettes. It did. Right. right. But I mean, that's, I, that's but I, could have, I could have done that with like... But my mini cassettes were tiny, and that was cool. And anyway, I'm just saying... My position on this is that once they it takes still photos, that to me, I'm definitely interested because having to take out my phone and take photos, like having being able to delete that part of my life would be very interesting. And I like the look of them, frankly. I, I will be the outsider here. Oh I think that they're kind of cute. Um, I mean, my friend Saba wore them on Unmashable when she stood in line in Santa Monica and got them and they... They looked good on her. I mean, they didn't look terrible. They don't look great, but they they looked better than I thought they would. Do you think that being able to take photos and like sync photos with your phone via Bluetooth would that make them more um, mainstream? If, if the quality was good enough, I think so. Kranz, Kranz, you're the yeah, you're the yeah. I mean, I think I think so, but I, I'm impressed with them from a, like a branding perspective, from a marketing perspective, but from a technological perspective, I'm still just like, yeah, all right. <laughs> Like, I, I feel like, you know, enterprising young photographers and, and filmmakers, they can go do a lot of what these are already doing. Of course. They don't, they don't, they don't. But need it costs them. more money and, and has like more, I mean, we could say the same thing about almost anything. Like, don't you think that like the iPhone, I think, could we, can we all agree with this? Like the iPhone changed photography forever. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I just don't see these changing photography the way the iPhone did. I would agree with that, but I think that maybe the next generation product, maybe if it's not, and it's probably not from Snapshot, right? It's because they're clearly marketing this as, as a hype beast sort of thing and, and as, you know, as much of a lifestyle sort of thing and, and as an accessory for their, you know, product as like an overpriced else. Polaroid. Yes, but it's kind of in that same thing. Of course it is. But, 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 but Polaroids are back in vogue too. But like, think about like if you, if you take, and, and the price point I think would probably have to be higher, but imagine taking, you know, those, those Sony sensors that they're putting in, or even, even take the, the, the Sony sensor that's in the iPhone seven plus, right. Which could let you do zoom. You yeah. have enough room to put that in a pair of glasses. Imagine if you could sell that for then like $250. That's kind of compelling, right? If it's not, if it doesn't look, I mean, the it's way compelling that looks. if I'm pretending to be a spy, <laughs> cause like that, that hits my spy gadget bone real hard like i'm like yes this is cool but from like uh, an everyday is this going to change how i interact with the world no really? right like you yeah it would for like, me if concert, i could yeah but also i can't wear them with true, like i would have true. to go buy okay this, this, right okay but, but imagine but, I'm, but imagine, even if i had contacts no i'm, I'm imagining not, myself ma- wearing imagine contacts. you had like Okay, or imagine there were like prescription versions. I'm I'm not talking about spectacles. I'm saying maybe something that looked different. Like, right. would you ever want to wear like, you know, because GoPros and things like that are becoming more popular. Like, I, I was at a I concert last night. Terrifying. Also, like, 
if if because if I can access, you know, if they made a version that was available where I could access it with my phone or whatever, right? And and so I'm taking the photos and putting them on my phone immediately. That means other people can take the photos and put them on their phone immediately. Like like yeah. just the, the fact that that exists and then the the privacy and stuff kind of wigs me out a little. I've just become very old. I've turned into yeah, my no. mother. Like, no, I, <laughs> no, I understand your perspective. I mean, honestly, moaning. Like, honestly, I think that's the smartest part about um, spectacles is the fact that they have like a very visible thing that you can see when it's recording at all times. Because that was the big problem that people have with Google Glass, and rightly so, is that they were like, I don't know if you're recording me. And, and then they eventually you know, added like an amber light that you could see to go off, but it was pretty faint. This, you know, has like, A, it only does video for 10 seconds, but B, like it's got like, you know, this, this yellow kind of indicator that, that fills up. But I think you're right, Alex. I mean, that, that, that is privacy. I'm not saying that that shouldn't be a concern. I just, I can't help but selfishly be like, I was at a concert last night. I had really good seats and I had my phone in front of my face for a lot of it so I could take good photos. And it would have been really cool if I had like glasses, but it takes you out of the experience. Like I always well, notice that it when I'm really like, cool, but how good would your photos have actually been like, because because how we see the world and how we experience the world is very different than how we frame photos and stuff, right? So, like, you know, you you, you say, oh, I, I saw, I, I could see see the, the the band down there, but that's because you you can focus on the band. Whereas when somebody looks at that picture, they're going to see everybody's back in their heads. That dude over there making out with his boyfriend. Like, okay, that's all great, but they they can't they're they're not in the experience the way you are because. They're, they're like you're still experiencing a 3D world and your mind is still focused on one specific point, which is difficult to frame when you've got the camera smashed up against your eyeball. Okay, so I mean, fair, but don't you think then though that that really does kind of make this better suited for video, which is what this is sort of doing? I mean, again, I mean, like I, found in I see something kind of cool popular. there as as far as like this 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 move we're making as far with like VR and in the, in the first person VR and everything and I'm like oh this is kind of feels almost like an extension of that but even that I don't think our bodies are quite ready for it so I certainly don't think technology like I think it's a lot mm. I think this is a cool footnote and I think 20 30 years from now we'll look back on this and be like this really amazing point this inspired someone who went off to create something really extraordinary as far as like first person video goes but like I just don't see it as being a big deal, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, just definitely a footnote for me. Time will tell. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Movement Watches. Let me tell you, my friends, a universal truth. Holiday shopping is the worst. So if you know people in your life who you want to shop for and get nice things for, but you don't want to go suffer and cry for them in the mall for hours and hours and hours, and they want to watch, I know exactly where you can get one. Movement watches are, they're freaking gorgeous, as we discussed when we drooled all over them last week, uh, looking at the website, which is movementwatches.com. That's M-V-M-T watches.com. So these watches are gorgeous. They're super affordable. They start at $95. And you, my friends, could get 15% off with free shipping, by going to movementwatches.com slash rocket. But first, let me sell you on these 
freaking gorgeous watches. So the one that I have is the Abbott Kinney. It was $115. They gave it to me very kindly. And I, I had my pick of all the, the watches on the website. So I went a little wild with power, but I ended up choosing one, like one of the cheaper, like very simple, beautiful, classic models. So it has like a white band and it's got a gold watch uh, surrounding what, whatever. What do you call the part that goes around the watch face? What is that called, Alex? The crown. The crown. Really? Oh, right? the whole thing I is the crown? the crown was the thing on the side. I thought the crown oh. was like... I'm going to have know, to theory. I don't know. I'm not a watch <laughs> expert, but I have a watch and I love it. So it's got this kind of opalescent face. The pictures on the website make the faces look uh, plain white but they're actually very subtly opalish and it's really pretty. There are a lot of choices. There are like darker choices. If you like dark watches, there are some golds, there's some rose golds. There are some blends of golds and blacks, which I actually really love. I think I'm not brave enough to wear them, but the rose gold uh, watch with black, a black leather band, that's freaking gorgeous. And I want it. I want it a lot. So anyway, you should seriously check these out. Uh, they have men's watches and women's models as well. It, you, I'm describing the women's watch, watches because those are the ones that I was drooling over. But actually, the men's watches are really, really cool. They're not like overly bulky and full of tactical warfare machines like you would might imagine from other men's watches. They're, again, classic and gorgeous. So... Take your chance to skip the holiday lines, skip the mall, skip the rush, skip the stress, and check out movement watches. Um, the prices are so low because, you know, they're a website. They don't have that brick-and-mortar store. They cut out the middleman and the retail markup, and they give you the high-quality, glorious watches that you desire. I do really like my watch. I feel super classy whenever I wear it. I have some pictures, actually, that I need to. I, I took a bunch of pictures when I first got it because I was like, ah! And then I couldn't post them because they weren't sponsoring us till uh, this month, obviously. And I wanted to keep it a secret and like let let y'all see the pictures when I was telling you about the watch instead of spoiling the surprise. But yeah, it's gorgeous, and I love the kind of splash of of gold and white that it adds to my at this moment really gothy outfits. Which why is that happening to me? I don't know why. But the watch makes me feel like a real adult when I wear it out. I feel like I'm some kind of business, powerful business lady who makes good decisions and drinks good wine and is respected by everyone. That's how I feel when I wear it. So if you want to feel that way, or like any gender of business person that you desire, go to movementwatches.com slash rocket. That is M-V-M-T watches.com slash rocket. Get that 15% off and free shipping on your watch for you or your family, whoever it is you want to get a watch for. Get the watch. Get the watch. That's what you want. Movement Watches. Thank you for sponsoring this episode of Rocket and Relay FM. Yay! They're so beautiful. Um, so, so I looked. I looked it up. I couldn't find out the the name for that term. It's probably um, just the watch. Yeah, it's like, just the it's, watch. It, it looks like it's a different name depending on what it does. So there's like the bezel, but then sometimes they call oh. it something else. Yeah, there's the bezel because because the crown and the dial are the thing on the side that like turns it, and then the um, the movement is like the actual like movement parts of the watch not I'm gonna to be call it the like metal body again. yeah the metal body With exactly <laughs> that intonation the metal body i like that i like that's <laughs> good 
<laughs> Christina, do you want to get angry at us? Yeah. So you guys have both seen the movie Heathers, right? Nope. Yes. Simone. I'm a disappointment. We discussed this. <laughs> we discussed this. And I told you you had to watch Heathers. I know it's you did. Netflix. Guess what I didn't watch? Ooh. Oh, should I watch it tonight? Heathers. Yeah, you honestly you need to watch it this weekend like you really genuinely do it's a fantastic movie that could never be made today and you you will love it you will love everything about it it could be made today but it wouldn't be as popular no it could which not actually be made brings today. us to the exact topic at hand what <laughs> which is that they're remaking heathers well they're rebooting it as an anthology tv series on tv land oh, are they gonna kill a different heather um, I, it's not that's not clear so i'm gonna read you the log line and and so the the whole point of heathers was a, a movie that came out when i was when alex and i because we're the same age we're very young um babies babies well we infants were, we wish we infants were, yeah okay fine. <laughs> we, 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 we were infants simone, emotionally emotionally we were simone i don't actually it came out in in 1988 so i don't even think Ooh. you were born no i wasn't i'm sorry it's fine that's fine. For, take it up just, with my mom. I know. I'm. I'm just. It's. It's. <laughs> I fine. got a bone to pick with your mom. Yeah. Seriously. Um. No. But but it, it, this movie about this this group of these Heather's Heather Duke Heather Chandler and Heather Macklemore um Macklemore um, who were like the, the queen bees at high school and they have their friend Veronica who's played by Winona Ryder who is one of them but hates them and um she meets up with this like James Dean kind of lookalike guy played by Christian Slater and. Um, I don't really want to, yeah, you know what? I feel fine spoiling it because it, the movie is, is 30 years old. So I actually feel completely okay. Spoiling this. Um, uh, they accidentally kill one of the Heathers and that leads them to accidentally killing other people in the school and, and, and making suicide and popular. Boom. Yeah. And then boom. And anyway, it, it's a very, very dark comedy. I, I actually crans, I don't think it could be made today just because of how unapologetic about the whole murder thing that they are. Yeah. I mean, because I remember, do you remember Jawbreaker when that came yes. out? And Jawbreaker was like a weak sauce Heathers. Yeah, Jawbreaker was a weak sauce Heathers. And it came out like right right around Columbine, I think. So there was a lot of yeah. like, oh my God, violence in schools and stuff. And, you know, I, th- I think America's tolerance for violence is, is much more expansive than you might think well, it is. I think, like, like, I, I think people are, are, are think much more about it. I think violence it is. I think that suicide and making fun of suicide, they're not. I think that, uh, um, like, uh, that, you know, like, literally, like, I think there are parts of it where, like, they literally make fun of, like, Heather Duke played by by, uh, uh, Shannon Doherty. Like, her her bulimia is literally a punchline. Like, that could never happen. (laughs) It is. It's literally a punchline. They could, they could, that could never happen. Scream Queens exists. Yeah, yeah. But, but Scream Queens is still, I mean, and in a lot of ways, Scream Queens wishes it were Heathers, but it's not even nearly as mean. I don't know. Anyway, um, the whole point is, is that they've, they've tried a couple times to turn Heathers into a TV show. And there was like an instance like in 2009, and that fortunately went nowhere. And then in 2013, Bravo was like, oh, we're going to have a younger generation of Heathers. We're going to call them the Ashleys. And I was like, ah, this is a really bad idea. No go. But now they finally successfully sold a project to TV land. Um, that's in the middle of production. And, but rather than, so the, the whole point of Heathers, but there were these, like they were the most popular, like it girls, like they were the, they were the, 
They were the ones that like literally like uh, people often compare Heathers and Mean Girls. But again, Mean Girls ultimately had like Mean Girls was nice. Mean, mean Girls, Girls was, was optimistic. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Heathers does not end on any optimistic note at all. And in fact, actually, the original um, movie ended like the, the screenplay ended much darker than the actual movie ended. And the movie ended pretty dark, but the original ending was actually even darker. So it's it's funny that you're like. Mean Girls was, like, uplifting and everybody get along at the end. That's not Heathers at all. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's a body count in Heathers. And no one makes any apologies for it. But so instead of having, you know, the It Girls be like the Heathers, now this is – I'm just going to read this. This is from The Hollywood Reporter. The Cabler's Heathers is an anthology described as a black comedy that takes place in the present day. It features a new set of popularity at Evil Heathers, only this time the outcasts have become high school royalty. Heather McNamara, originally played by Lizanne Falk, is a black lesbian played by Jasmine Matthews. Heather Duke, played by Shannon Doherty, is a male who identifies as genderqueer, whose real name is Heath, played by Brennan Shannell. And Heather oh, Chandler, no. which is already by- a problematic just phrase on its own. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, this is like. Wait, I'll let her finish the paragraph. And, and, oh, and, yeah. and, and, and Heather Chandler, uh, played by the late great Kim Walker, who sadly died of an aneurysm in like 2001, has a body like Martha Dump Truck and will be played by Melanie Fields. Um, Martha Dump Truck is this uh, um, girl who the Heathers are very, very, very cruel to. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so yeah, the idea behind this is basically to turn. The, the queen bees are now the out, people who you would consider the outcasts. And then it's an anthology series a la, you know, they, they say Fargo, but really they want to say Ryan Murphy, which to me just reads as them being like, oh, we wanted to make make a glee into Heathers. Yeah. Ugh. that I'm just so not into this idea, especially knowing what I know of the, I mean, the premise of the film is like, it's so dark and it's all about yes. death and killing its stuff. I don't necessarily think that we need that story right now with a black lesbian and a genderqueer character. Like that's why do we need what? to bring those things? Why do we need to bring that's like the insane. people, the most underrepresented people into a story that I totally. can only assume if it is a true and faithful adaptation will be about making fun They're of dead. suicide. Like you said, and or, dying. Or, or, or making them evil. I mean, like, yeah. like uh, Beth, Beth Elderkin, who is um, um, Gizmodo's um, and Ionine's or not, Gizmodo Ionine's Weekend Editor, she said this to me on Twitter. She was like, um, it'll be used to justify anti-PC rhetoric, which insists that privileged groups are the real victims. And I think that she has a point. What do you think, Kranz? Yeah, you know, it reminds me, there's there's this um, stuff going around from Saturday Night Live this past week yeah. where they made a really stupid joke about Tinder, right? Yeah. And they were like, they were like, Tinder will now include 30-something different gender identities, also known as why the Democrats lost. And... And it, it's this idea that, like, exactly what Beth said, that, that you're, you're taking these groups that are, are fighting right now for representation and then taking a big dump all over them because they're fighting for representation. And it, it just it smacks of somebody who's older and out of touch. Well, see, I don't think that that was – I don't think Angry. that's their intention. I yeah, I agree. I think that their intention is actually to be, like, glee, which is to, like – raise those groups up but what they end up doing is they making it kind of parodying things saying oh well we're gonna take we're, we're, we're gonna make you know that the stars the people that everybody wants to be these people but what you don't realize is that that's not how the real world works like i think the reason heathers was so fantastic and the reason i think it still like holds up 28 years later is because like what happened was you had these terrible girls, like they're the worst, but everyone idolizes. And even Veronica, who's the closest thing to a protagonist you have in the movie, 
she hates them, but yet she loves them. Like she, right. she hates that she's part of them, that she loves them. And then the thing is, is that after um, Heather uh, uh, Chandler um, uh, accidentally dies and they make it look like a suicide, she's revered more in death than she was in life. Like people who hated her, like, oh, she was so misunderstood and she becomes even more popular. Like it becomes this ironic thing where like these terrible people are praised more for that. And it becomes a fad to kill yourself. Literally killing yourself becomes a fad. And so it, it, it's almost was kind of like, like b- b- believable um, because that's, that's what happens in real life. And as much as I wish that we could live, we lived in a world where like the people that they've described, you know, would, would be able to be the most popular click in school. Am I so out of touch? You guys, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the case in 2016. Well, I, I mean, they'd be really popular with like the theater kids. Sure. But I like, they'd be know, the top of the theater kids crowd, but are they going to be like the most popular kids in the high school? No, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I think this is, I don't necessarily, obviously they, they might be thinking, oh, we're going to do like Glee and lift these people up. But if your antagonists are, you, you can't lift people up by making them the antagonists. It's just, yeah, it's not the, the way storytelling works. The demographic like, popularity is fundamentally flawed from the get go, if that's their plan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think the democrat demographic popularity is kind of an aside from the what the actual story is of Heather's, which I mean, uh, and I and now that even we're talking about it more, I mean, talking about people from these groups committing suicide, which we should probably put a content warning at the top of this episode, but like that's that's a real problem. In these yeah, groups, like, that's, it is it's a real problem. <laughs> a lot of the possible, like, like, and, and, and they do threat. it, and they and they do it for real. They don't do it because their friends accidentally killed them. Yeah, like you know, like yeah, I don't know. And, and so the whole reason this came up. So apparently, this this reboot was announced in September. I missed it, but today it was revealed that <laughs> Shannon Doherty, who is certainly currently battling breast cancer, is going to have a role oh in the show. I love Shannon Doherty, like. Brenda Walsh forever. Like she was such a, like, she show. became Brenda. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's inappropriate. Well, no, cause she was bitchy on Heather's. Like she's like both, like she's always been that way. I love her. And she was great on charmed. Like I love her. She's like, she's apparently like very difficult or has had a history of being very difficult to work. Oh, no, with. She's I supposed don't, to be like one of the worst people to work with. In I Hollywood. don't care. I love her. <laughs> and, and, and I really genuinely like wish her nothing but the best going through her cancer treatments, especially since like it turned out like her manager wasn't handling her health insurance correctly or something at one point, like That's anyway, terrible. totally. And so I genuinely wish her like nothing but the best. So I see this, I'm like, Heather's great. And then I see Shannon Dorian involved in TV reboot. And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Love her. Don't want it. Ooh. Then I read the log line and I'm like, oh, and this seems like this could actually have a negative impact on the groups that it's ostensibly trying to lift up. Like, who, why are they the showrunner on this? It's uh, somebody I've never heard of. It's, oh, it's, no. That's a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> Christina great... Warren has not heard of them. <laughs> yeah, written by Jason McAuliffe uh, Butter. The single cam- uh, uh, camera entry hails from Lakeshore Entertainment's Tom Rosenberg and Gary Lachey. Um, insiders say the anthology component will be similar to FX's Fargo and will feature a new group of Heathers no matter the setting. Production pilot is expected to begin in the fall. But um, I, I don't... I don't know. And then the person who I, I think apparently like wrote it or something like claimed they're like, Oh yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't uh, a headland who I guess was, is, is involved with this, who counts uh, features bachelorette and about last night, as well as FX's beloved terriers among her credits will helm. So she's the showrunner and she headland didn't grow up aware of Heather. She immediately fell in love with the original film after seeing it in her twenties. Oh, 
Uh-oh. Uh-oh. See, this is just oh, so many red TV flags. land? Yes. Mm. Uh, oh. It's going to be single camera, but again, this is TV land, I think. like I think they're like, ooh, Ryan Murphy did anthology as well. Ooh, uh, people liked Glee until it got terrible. Let's let's. I genuinely feel like they were like, let's just turn Glee into Heather's, and like, no. Yeah. What's like, like, what's a what's a high school property that hasn't been touched yet? Ah, oh, let's nab Heather's out of someone's. Exactly. Grasp. I mean, and this, and, and and we we got so close because like there was like a Bravo, like I think would have been worse. The Bravo treatment was that it was going to be like one of the Heather's is like grew up and like her daughter or Veronica grew up and like her daughter was like a member of like mm. the, the present day Heathers. <laughs> that, that was the Ashley's. the hell out of that. That would Winona Ryder shows up. Yeah. Oh. Thank God, they, they thank God her agent was like, you know what? If you're going to do TV, Stranger we're going to wait something. Exactly. We're <laughs> going to wait for Netflix. We're going to wait for cable. We're going to not, you're not going to do Heathers, a TV show. You're just, you're not going to do Heathers, the TV show. Winona, we know you've had a difficult time since the, since the, you know, shoplifting incident. We get it. Better things are on your horizon. And sure enough, they were. And and now, you know, like. Can we talk about something important, which is that people in the 90s, like, usually are overwhelmed by the what is now horrible fashion and hair and makeup. But Shannon Doherty always looks good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just yeah, always. She's timeless. Yeah. She Shannon was not Doherty. intimidated by the here. horrible 90s clothes. No, she was not. And, and, and Shannon Doherty, like, as Brenda Walsh is the best. So there's this book called the I hate Brenda book that it was originally a zine. <laughs> and I used to always see it um, for sale in the backs of, of sassy magazine and I never <laughs> bought it. And then I, I bought it off of um, Amazon for like $6 earlier this year. It's such a mean book. You guys, it is the meanest <laughs> of meanest books and like an actual publisher, like, like paid for it. It's a paperback. And it basically is just a bunch of gossip about how terrible Shannon Doherty is. You walk away with <laughs> actually feeling bad for Shannon Doherty. I mean, like these people, I are read terrible. This. it's this fantastic. Is, like, Oh my God. I, I, I'll, I'll break the office. I'll let you borrow it. I was supposed to write a review about it for Mashable. And then I left Mashable. Um, I, wonder, I wonder if I could find a way. I wonder if Jezebel would let me review it. Yeah. We'll, we'll just put it on reviews. I mean, it's, it's sort of tech. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. It works. It's it's taken so far that like before there were websites and blogs, people would write basically like newsletters, like zines, and then like get them published into books. Because like today it would literally be a blog. Like today it would literally be a blog. But I mean, she is supposed to be like truly, truly terrible as a human being. Yeah. I, I, I came away Maybe after probably not like personally. I don't know. I mean, I came across after reading some of the stuff that they would really get in arms about. I was like today doesn't even seem like de- in, in the age of Lindsay Lohan, like doesn't even seem like over the top. I mean, like Lindsay it's Lohan, though. She's like, wow. But see, this is my point. Like, I wonder, like, I think like, starts. I think like 25 years, like on, I think that like Shannon's behavior, like how she was like a diva and acted on the set of 90210. I think like 25 years later, we're all kind of like in the age of Misha Barton and like Lindsay Lohan. She was also <laughs> the youngest, right? She was one of the younger people. She and like Brian Austin Green were two of the no, youngest was- Tori Spelling. No, it's Tori Spelling. She was yeah. she was younger, but she wasn't as young as them. Like she, because like everybody else was forty five. Yeah, every, wow. she was like in her twenties, but she, but she'd also like been working the longest. So uh, I mean, so she was like, like I'm the star. Yes, and and she was. I mean, she absolutely yeah. was the star. She and was like Brenda first. found a lump. Oh my god, I found a lump. I mean, when when Brenda lost her virginity to Dylan at the spring oh ball, oh like. I was, was in second, I was in second grade and I was like, You're like I don't know what this means. 
but whoa. <laughs> I was like, this is what I'm going to do when I'm 16 in my mom. Oh, my life. God. My mom was like, no. And then. <laughs> no and more like, 90210. Yeah. All yeah. right. Aww. We should wrap it up. What are you up to this week, Christina? Um, so uh, I'm finishing some uh, some reviewy content for uh, Gizmodo.com, including reviewing a couple of smartphones and telling people. Yeah. What uh, what cheap smartphone they should buy and what uh, uh, thirteen inch laptop they should buy, things like that. And um, and then Thanksgiving is this week, and so um, I will be doing my typical um, non Thanksgiving Thanksgiving, where uh, my husband and I are going to a New York restaurant, and then we're going to the movies. Nice, that sounds fun. It's very fancy. What about you, Alex? Um, I am originally I was going to go out with friends for Thanksgiving, but then my brother was like, "Let's hang out together," and I found out it's just because I have cable. And the Cowboys are on. <laughs> oh my god, you guys so much. It's, it's very upsetting. But oh um, just to what? sorry to interrupt, Alex, Gilmore Girls. Oh my gosh, yes, that's what I'm doing. This I'm I'm just watching um the new Gilmore Girls on Netflix, so that Christina and I have something to talk about next week at work. Oh my gosh, and maybe some like actual work stuff for Gizmodo. No. Dot com. That might happen too. <laughs> some cool videos are coming up. That sort of thing. Yay. But yeah, Gilmore Girls. That place you work, that other important yeah. thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Sounds like a, a good <laughs> week. Uh, I am working on another video that I can't spoil, but it is, again, the greatest thing that I will ever make in my life. I know I say that about every video I make, but it'll be on polygon.com slash YouTube. Hopefully tomorrow, I think I'll get it done. Um, it's an absolute falsehood, and it's wonderful. Uh, and I just, uh, I found a new, I don't know if you guys watch every frame of painting, Um but I found another YouTube channel that does analysis like that, and I this week, and I really enjoyed it. It's called uh, it's called Lessons from the Screenplay. Uh, so he does uh, he looks at the screenplays for movies and examines you know how they turned up in the in the final product, and it's fascinating. So that's that kind of what good. I've been wasting my time with while I don't write my book. <laughs> books are books are overrated. Books They're are awful. Jump. I don't, I never don't, no one should write books anymore. Absolutely. I, I know you it. agree with me. <laughs> Give them up. Give them up. Embrace Snapchat. Yes. And yeah. The next, I'm never going to make a book is again. The future of narratives. Just 30 seconds. That's all it takes. And that's what she said. Uh, Alex, where can we find you, you online? You made it weird. Simone, you made it weird. I love you. Right at the end. Slid it in right at the end. What? Um, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh, show title by the way alex where can we find you online um you can you can find me at alex h Kranz. join me i have five followers i could always use a six um other than that yeah that's that's the, in gizmodo.com that's a wonderful place to find me as well yay christina what about yeah. you you can find me at film underscore girl on the Facebook, the Twitters. And yes, uh, the, we're not the Facebooks. Facebook's from Christina Warren. You can find me on the, the, the Twitters, the Instagrams, and yes, the Snapchats at film underscore girl. And uh, you can find my writing along with Alex's uh, at uh, Gizmodo. Nice. So you can find me on Polygon, yo, youtube.com slash Polygon and on the bird machine at Doom Quasar. Uh, and if you like this episode of the show, please consider giving it a review on iTunes because that's a cool thing to do this holiday season. Give us for Thanksgiving a review. It will be edible for us only. <laughs> this episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Nice.